Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hey, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the PHNX Rising Show brought to you by the DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's number one sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And, of course, don't forget to leave a five-star review. My name is Ramon Chavez. I'm super happy to be here today with y'all. Alongside me is my partner, Owen Evans. How you doing, sir? I tell you what, it's it's been a weird Tuesday. Uh, for those of you who don't know, uh, obviously the press conference, normally on a Tuesday. It wasn't today. It's, uh, it's going to be on Thursday instead. So bit of a weird week to look at in that sense you think it's uh, like a fourth of july hangover like hey we don't want to we don't want to be talking to owen <laughs> kind of thing <laughs> a literal hangover or uh i mean which way do you want maybe. to approach this maybe <laughs> <laughs> uh we have a great show for you guys today of course we're going to be talking about the orange county game that happened this past weekend of course it was a 2-2 tie definitely going to be talking some of that game. Um, and also we're going to be giving out our mid season grades for the uh, entire squad as, as well as a coach. Uh, and of course we're going to review yeah, He's already signing. Uh, we're going to review what happened in the USL this weekend and also previewing tomorrow's action. Um, Wednesday's coming at you fast. So definitely some USL action on Wednesdays. Okay. Let's go ahead and get started. Owen uh, orange County came into town on Saturday. Uh, I, I feel like for the majority of the first half, they were the, the, the better team, I, I should say, and uh, they definitely showed it <laughs> as far as their goals yeah. are concerned. They got an early lead. Um, Rising was able to come back twice, though, from being uh, down in the deficit. And ultimately, the en- the game ended in a 2-2 two to two tie. Now, that did break their losing streak, which was four in a row coming into that game. But it kind of left a sour feeling in some people's mouths because we all kind of felt, and I'm including myself in this, they could have done a little bit more with those last 10, 15 minutes where they were up a man uh, and seemingly with the crowd behind them, the momentum behind them, and they should have kind of closed it at home a little bit better. But that kind of sums up the season that they've been having. So, Owen, what what are your thoughts? uh, What were your thoughts on the game and how are you feeling about it? See, it left a sour taste in the mouth for me, not, necessarily because of of quite that but more Mm. the fact that right now phoenix rising has to prove that they don't belong where they are in the table they're currently sitting in 11th and as much as people might want to take positives as much as people might say well look look we'd lost a few games we had to get something as positive points all of that i feel like we kind of have to point out the fact that when you draw at home to a team in 12th, you are proving nothing about the fact that you deserve to be any higher than 11th. Yep. And and that's what's disappointing here is that the team should be higher than 11th. And we'll get into this, I'm sure now, with all these player grades. The team itself <laughs> should be higher than in 11th. Um, for what reason they're down there, there's a lot of factors building into that one. But... Unfortunately, yeah. what could have been a almost a statement of we're down here at the bottom of the table, we shouldn't be, mm-hmm. uh, turned into anything but. 
And yeah. so, yeah, two points left on the table ultimately. <laughs> no, definitely. And that's, that's what I was going to definitely talk about as well, that even though they were able to get a point, uh, and actually if you look at the rest of the Western Conference, and I was going to make this point earlier that uh, only three teams were able to get a victory. The rest of the entire Western Conference either uh, drew or lost this weekend. So as far as the, the the moment to take advantage of the situation, it was this game. Because if they were able to get those two extra points, now they're a little bit closer to seventh, uh, which is the last playoff spot. And it was just an opportunity that, you know, they, they, they let it slip by. Now, uh, I feel like they played better. I think progressively each week we're seeing a little bit more fire with the guys and even if they get down i think rick even said that in the in the press conference after the game that they didn't start yelling at each other they're like you know what let's just go do it let's just get back into the game let's go and and, and fight so i've been noticing those little things do you feel the same way as well that they kind of been inching a little bit more forward progressively as as far as just the the body language and and kind of not getting down on themselves too much once they go down um I don't know. Uh, I feel as though there's still an element of the first halves of these games have been poor. Uh, may- maybe that's an improvement, right? I guess, mm. because in Loudoun, you were losing 4-1 in the middle of the second half as opposed yeah. to by the halftime break. It got worse after the halftime break, but it's still not good. It's still mm. half a performance. I, I just don't feel as though in these first halves, the teams have the teams really shown up to compete in in the way that they really should be and look again it's it's things that are happening you know that the fire that we saw in that last 10 15 minutes is coming off of a mass confrontation should we really be needing that to kick things off you know this is a team that long has has had to worry about kind of finding ways to motivate itself because it demolishes the league almost you know you mm-hmm. get into you get to the halfway point of the season and we're used to to staring at this team and and saying okay you know they're going to finish first second or third they pretty much sealed up a playoff spot barring a disaster mm-hmm. um how do you how do you find motivation then for for those last few games and the problem now is that they shouldn't need the added motivation. They're on the outside looking in. Yeah. And so it's and that's, not- and that's what I question so so much because these the, the two goals that Orange County scored uh on, on Saturday, they came off the first minutes of either the first half or the second half. So why, like like you're saying, they're looking, they're from they're looking at the at the playoffs from the outside in. Where is that fire at the beginning of the game? Why can't they just come out? Throw the first punch, control the game, and ultimately play. Ultimately, just play rising uh, football. Like it's not to me. It just doesn't make sense why these guys aren't coming out. Like saying, you know what? Like this is it, guys. Like if we're not getting these points, they're pretty much call it a season, you know. And and that's that's the big question that I have. And I, I think ultimately kind of falls mostly on the coaching and how they're prepared heading into the game and coming out of halftime. But it just continues to happen, and you know, I'm just I throw my hands up every every single time it happens. It's it's interesting, isn't it? Because the thing about professional sport and typically you, you look at it is people say, well, what what's motivating you? What's motivating you? And often people will say your paycheck should motivate you. Well, these guys aren't earning anywhere near as much as, as a lot of the people that we typically would say that about, mm-hmm. right? Of course they want to go out. Of course they want to win cups. But they, there's a lot more to it. And there's, I, again, I feel like we'll get into this now as we move <laughs> on to the grades and, and opinions and views on that one. But it just feels as though 
there's a lot of confusion as to what exactly is going on. There's just the situations that people are in. Maybe they're not the most comfortable with. Mm -hmm. And so we're getting into a point now where you just kind of stare at it and go, okay, why isn't it clicking? Well, there's quite a lot of ways that we could, you know, approach that and probably all of which are factoring in here. For sure. For sure. Um, defensive mistakes against, uh, again, cost Finney, especially in that first goal. Um, Kose was the, I think one of the main culprits there, he, he turned over the ball in the midfield. And we talked about this a couple of weeks in a row now that if they are able to limit those turnovers in the midfield, because <laughs> rising is not a good transitional defense, the defensive team, uh, Musa was caught out of position. He was kind of caught baiting a little bit, uh, waiting for, for a pass, uh, after that turnover. So, and just left a huge gap in the middle for Ilowski to to score the first goal. And it's just frustrating. And even John Morrissey from USL Tactics, he's like, I'm sorry, Ramon. Like, he even tagged me on it. He's like, I'm sorry. Phoenix is just a really bad defensive team. And there seems like there's no improvement uh, from week to week. Yeah. And it, it partly comes along with the fact that who, who's in there. Uh, it partly comes from the tactics, which historically have always left rising at times vulnerable at the back again rising's approach was always attack is the best form of defense and the problem is is when the attack isn't there then the defense isn't there either um they don't have it to fall back on and so it's just frustrating to watch uh it's very very frustrating to watch because you know that just at the end of the day, if they can't find a good number of goals, they're probably going to concede a fair few at the other end. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, let's segue over here uh, to what players stood out to you on Saturday. Um, I had uh, Orange County Zalowski. <laughs> I know, you know, uh, maybe not too many for on the rising side, but I thought he played well. Uh, the, I believe he's the league leader right now in, score, in, in goals scored. So uh, definitely not. I mean, I wish he didn't score that many goals against rising, but he had a good performance against them. Uh, the other one, of course, we got to talk about him, Richmond and Twi, uh, Richie Rocket. He was able to, to to pull Rising back into the game in the waning minutes of the of the game. So what are your feelings about uh, Richmond? And, and are, is it fair that he's only played 200 minutes this season? Well, this one we will definitely get into when we start talking about the grades for Richie. But it's good for him. It's good for his confidence. It's good for some of the players around him as well to see. I, I think there are. That's probably the one positive I took out of that game was mm-hmm. seeing him and seeing that confidence he'll get, and the fact that you'd hope now he can turn into a guy who can be that impact player off the bench, that he can be the guy you can bring on late in a game to take those kind of shots on and and maybe get you something if you're looking for a goal late in a game. But I, I yeah, I mean M- Milanovski. Let's be clear here; he is a fantastic player on a subpar team, or at least mm-hmm. a team whose results show them off to be a subpar team. And at the end of the day, the league table does not lie. Uh, they sit in twelve out of thirteen, so yeah, yeah they're not sure. looking too great. But Milanovski has been on on another level for Orange County, as you say. He's currently top, I believe, of the uh, goal scoring chart there uh, for the league. So. 12 goals, I think, this season. Yeah, yeah, 11 or 12. Good number. Like yeah, mm. for sure. Um, of course, uh, I, I think I saw Michael here talking about well, this gentleman, but Laman Johnny, uh, he was able to make his debut for Rising uh, this past Saturday. We talked about it when we were at the Wild Horse Pass. Uh, Owen, I felt like he had a, a decent to okay game 
uh, for being in there for that amount of time. He had a couple of good runs. He did miss that, you know, what would what would have been the the uh, go ahead goal in the final minutes. Um, and you know, I think uh, during the ESPN Plus broadcast, they were saying that when you're a player that is is new and you're kind of excited, you probably rush your kicks a little bit or your timing when it comes to sort sort of stuff. So. Uh, how did you feel about him? Is, is is there a little bit of an upside to his game? I know you're not a fan. You weren't a huge fan of the signing, but I felt like he looked okay. Yeah, but that's that's almost what we said all along, right? This guy can do whatever on earth he wants to do process-wise. It's not about process. Mm. You know what? Every dribble you have, phenomenal. Great. You know where that gets you in the league table? Absolutely nowhere. You know what you get, recorded, you get rewarded for? Putting the ball in the back of the net. The problem mm. that we have here is that everyone had kind of looked at his stats. Everyone had looked at them and said, you know what? I'm not convinced by this guy. It feels as though he's someone who, whatever he does outside of this, can't seem to find a goal. And so mm. what happens in his first game, he you know, <laughs> misses a golden opportunity. And we get people like Michael, who's currently in our chat here, calling him, I believe, Fiverr up here. Where is it? Let's have a look. Mr. Decisive in front of net, putting the open shot five yards over the bar. It's just confirmation to people. Okay, mm-hmm. the expectations were low. When you see that in the first game, it doesn't breed confidence. And I fear that's the problem here. People will have written him off on that performance. And unfortunately, when you look at the historical track record, I can't really blame them. There's no goal scoring record here over a long period of time. So why are you expecting him to be a game changer now? True. Yeah, no, the, I think the, the the stat that stood out was uh, he had like 12 starts or games with Atlanta United too, and he was not able to score. So it was, it was 11 in. games. I don't yeah. know if he made a single start. He only played a little bit over a hundred minutes for them. I think it was. Yeah. 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 Not, not confidence right there for sure. Um, all right, Owen, let's keep it going here. Uh, th- this is something that bothered me once I heard about it after the game and you let me know your feelings in chat as well. Let me know how you're feeling about this. Luis Sayas was there at the game on Saturday. I saw him there. He was not dressed to, in the to play. He was not a, a part of the starting um, eighteen or the uh, the team for the eighteen. Um, but he wasn't even on the bench. I know there's been some some stuff going on with injuries and some issues behind the scenes. But at the end of the game, Rick said that there was a clerical error to be at fault for him not being part of the eighteen on Saturday. Explain to me how does that happen and. <laughs> How does a player react to being told, hey, man, I thank you for coming, but you're not in the 18 because we, we messed up. Like, how, how does that happen? I so so for anyone wondering now, the the literal answer of how did that happen? OK, I don't know how many people know too much about how USL roster rules work. What does happen here is that 48 hours before each game, teams are expected to submit to the league a 23-man player pool, and that 23-man is all that you're allowed to pick in and out of. Now, you can add people sometimes if they arrive uh, registered slightly later. It does require permission from both sides for players to be added, though, after you're in that late stage. It it's just bad. It's it's a bad, bad error. Um, it will be the exact first thing that I'm going to ask. And I give this away now. We've got a press conference coming on Thursday. It's going to be the first thing I'm going to ask. We registered the East for Saturday. Uh, so you're telling me there's a 23 player pool. Though, Rising have a little bit over 23, if I'm correct? I, ooh, so how does this... I, I, that out, I, but. I'm blowing. When I heard it, I, got, I, I was legit furious because that just yeah, doesn't make sense to me. 
It's it's a it's a bad bad mistake when you're in a position yeah. like like rising arena at the moment. It's a bad mistake. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I don't uh, even know what to do except laugh at this point. It's just yeah, not good. Uh, McVie, I saw Channing um, there at the game. He was joined with uh, Luis. I think it was Marcus Epps. He was injured. And then uh, Anguiano was there as well. So those were the four that I saw at the game. I don't know if you saw anybody else, uh, Owen. That's pretty much it, right? Uh, there were a few other people around. Yeah, look, it, it's... It's it's a... I, I don't know with some of those. You know, some of them may be <laughs> technically not injured, but they're not really up to match fitness. You know, it, it's... That's always a tough one, right? Because when you've got someone who's been out for a few weeks, especially as as Channing has been, um, you've really got to consider the fact that they'll, they'll stop being injured before they are ready to play. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not going to be ready to play for a couple of weeks, you'd imagine, or at least not able to take a, make a serious impact for a couple mm-hmm. of weeks. For sure, for sure. Um, and to wrap up here, Owen, uh, does the tie, the 2-2 tie, quell some of the Rick Shantz, you know, fire Rick Shantz kind of chance that we saw at the end of the game, or are they just going to continue to escalate uh, if the team doesn't doesn't get these W's? Well, uh, they... <laughs> I, I feel as though when they return home after this current away trip coming up, uh, which is two games, of course, Memphis and then Louisville, I, I fear that the... The chance may be louder by that point. Um, they're two very tough games coming up. Uh, I feel as though last uh, the last game after the game, yeah, the two old draw didn't really quell any of it because they were chanting it after the game. Um, they want Rick and Bobby out is, is the chant from the South End. Um, but... I don't know. Uh, the impression that you get from just kind of hanging around, seeing a couple of owners almost looking like too many smiles for personal comfort. And I know we discussed this after the game as yeah. they were chatting with Rick after after Saturday's match. It, it, it I don't know. It, it's yeah. Ugh. And we'll get onto that. We've got Rick's grade coming up later. So, I love that uh, a more. I'm sure um, we'll really get into that. <laughs> all right y'all and like owen said uh, we usually have updates for you from the tuesday's press conference but that has been moved to thursday so uh we'll, we'll um we'll give you those updates further down the week um and just a little heads up we're, we're not having a show on thursday we're actually going to have a show tomorrow so if you want to get these updates make sure to follow us on uh our, our twitter account phnx underscore underscore rising for uh those updates from the press conference all right, Owen, let's take a quick break here and talk about our friends at OG's Brands. Uh, OG's just launched their first ever limited edition seasonal flavor, and it is Pina Colada, a perfect pineapple and creamy coconut blend, which you can enjoy. Actually, you can order it today. So if you guys actually go to ogsbrands.com, you guys can check out OG's online. And also, you guys can also check them out on Instagram at, at OG's Brands. And you can also find their products at your local dispensary. And just remember that you must be 21 years or older to purchase. I feel like I said and too many times. But, uh, yeah, check them out. Always a good time. And if you want to relax, I, I feel like I'm. it's like already like a like a rushed week. I don't know. Whenever there's a Monday holiday, I feel like my body's like out of like whack or alignment. So I maybe need some relaxing with that OG's brand. So make sure to check them out. Again, that's OG'sBrands.com. To purchase your very own OGs. All right, Owen. Uh, ready for some grading? 
we're gonna get okay before we go before we kick in with this i kind of want to give a little bit of rationale because i know that i'm gonna get some i'm sure there'll be some comments from the chat that maybe we've been too generous actually with some of these players um, i know i don't want you I'll guys say, to get i'll say off the bat i'll say off the bat that i was careful about giving grades that were too harsh for a very simple reason I don't necessarily want to scapegoat this on individual players. And I feel mm. that to give someone a truly low grade, they have to be really responsible for some problems here. Mm -hmm. um, I feel as though this is something that is more a widespread meh rather than individual players that are specifically causing this. So let's let's bear that in mind. I've also tried not to just be too negative in general, um, which which is a change yeah. for me. It's a change for me. Um, I'm sure Thank that... You. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. But apparently, apparently, I actually gave some nicer grades than Ramon did. Um, but then again, I, will, I also gave a couple of harsher ones as well. I'll do a disclaimer as well, Owen, because, you know, I, I know there's plenty of players and and relatives and and people that know the the players and i don't want them to come out and have social media tell me why i'm uh, doing it so harshly there are a couple grades that i'm gonna slightly change just because of the past performances i i made this week uh this list last week and no one uh made his uh his grades a little bit further down the line so just a little heads up i'll give you some context. there you go <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I, I'll give you some context on why those, those grades and then Owen has some notes as well. So, uh, we're starting with the forwards, right? Yeah. And let's make sure by the way, as we go through these, add your own ones in as we talk about each of these players. So let's start with Santi Moa. Um, we've given him some pretty rough grades here, right? I gave him a D plus you gave him a D. I mean, let's be real here. His goal scoring has for the most part eluded him mm -hmm. and, what we're not really seeing is any alternative playing style out of him on the wing. You know, he's taking a lot of shots, but he's not really doing a lot with them. So, I mean, Ramon, what, what, what do you want to say on this one? Yeah, this one, this one uh, is one of the ones that I would slightly change. I would probably go a D plus, even a C minus at this point, just because of the last few games, I feel like there's been some improvement in his, in his play. Uh, yeah, the, the goals aren't coming. Uh, definitely a, a big drop-off from last season. And, and that's I think that's one of the main reasons why people may be upset with him is that they were expecting a little bit more, especially with the Sante's uh, departure. Uh, and, you know, Santi was kind of being looked at as the guy that was going to take up the scoring load or maintain the rhythm that he had from last season. So that's the reason I gave him that grade. Mm -hmm. So let's move on then. Uh, I see that we've got some people here who... Uh... What is it here? Uh, Michael saying D is right for Santi. Uh, we've got another one here, which is Santi should be at an E. No goals on being dangerous. Uh-oh, Reese is already um, saying something. Right, let's, let's move on to the next player here. So Joey Kalistri, right? Mm. I went with a C here. The reason is this, is this guy is a jack-of-all-trades, master of none, and it actually makes it really hard to evaluate him because what mm -hmm. makes him good as a fullback isn't what makes him good as a central midfielder, and it's not as what makes him good as a winger. So the best we can really say is he's, he's never really stood out as bad. He's never really stood out as great this season. Mm -hmm. So to me, he's a very average-looking C over the course of this season. Um, again... He fills in a lot of roles, and it's it's hard then to to judge, really. Yeah, no, and I agree. He's been played as a winger, a midfielder at times, uh, you know, playing on on defense. So he does everything, but I I just feel like it's you can't really like you're saying we can't really judge him too much. And yeah, when he's played up top, he's missed a lot of chances that probably could have given 
rising uh, a, a few more points, honestly, if we're really going to be talking about it. So it's it just speaks to, you know, the player that he is and not that he's done anything incredibly wrong or anything like that. But yeah, I think C is a, is a good grade for him. All right. Richie, Richmond Antwi. I know you're going to change your one here, Ramon, but I'm just going to yeah. start off by saying, so I gave him a B. Uh, in his role, he's doing a good job. The mm-hmm. problem is, is it seems to be finding that role and, and actually using him in that role, which is that he's not a guy I really want to see starting. He's not fit enough for it. In his starts that he's had, he hasn't looked great at all. He hasn't been particularly impressive, but we have seen that when he comes off the bench, he can cause problems. We mm-hmm. saw that on the weekend. We saw it against San Antonio. He's picked up two goals now off the bench. And if you keep bringing him in in that kind of a role there, that last kind of 10 minutes of a game uh, and, and hope that he can he can kind of get an opportunity, knock one in the back of the net. I, I think that you've got someone here who could realistically end the season with five or six goals, which... For a, a guy who came into the season as the third striker, is not a bad output. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. I, I've liked the uh, on tweet since the preseason. I've, I mentioned it to you and Edwin back in the day about that. And like we said earlier, he's only gotten around 200 minutes this season. He has two goals and nine matches. There's questions about fitness that maybe one of the reasons why maybe he's not apt to start the game. Um, but when he comes in and spurts, and I feel like he plays really hard, he gives us his, his all. And, you know, he was given an opportunity um, on Saturday night and he made the best of it. He's the only other player in, in uh, for Rising that has scored, uh, I believe, outside of the box, him or, or Quinn as well. So just he just gives you many dimensions. He can play on the ground. He can, you know, shoot from outside the area. He's he's physical. He'll run. So I, I like him a lot. And, you know, I just wish he, he got a little bit more playing time. All right, Greg Hurst, the only, I'll give this one away for later, the only guy I believe I gave an A to. Yes. Um, in the whole thing. So. so so Greg Hurst gets an A from me. Look, recently not the best, uh, but overall this season, one of the few bright spots has been that he seems to have stepped up to the championship all right. Um, you know, he's adapted in terms of goal scoring. Look, five isn't a huge number, right? I get that. Mm-hmm. But in the context of where the team is right now, that could be a lot, lot worse. And I don't feel that he's necessarily been getting the service that he should have been getting either. Um, so that number could be higher if if he was in a better circumstances, let's say. He's got three yeah. assists as well. Um, look, I, I just feel like we can't blame all this team's struggles on its center forwards. Uh, I feel like there's a lot more to blame here. And so when you're, Pretty much the leading goal scorer on the team. He is tied actually with with Luis Sejas, but mm-hmm. from a sense forward, I, I personally would give him an A over the season so far. I feel that you know he he could have done a lot, lot worse, and in a pretty bad season, he's my one little bright spot there. Yeah, no, I think he's been the best player for Rising this season, and that just speaks to the quality of of player that he is. Um, I, I did have a question for you, Owen. You know how many touches he had on Saturday? I don't off the top of my head. No, I'm guessing you've had, got this number in front of you. He had nine touches of the ball on Saturday. Nine. 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 And and I believe the week before that or a couple of weeks before that, he only had 12. That is completely unacceptable for, for the best player and the guy that's getting you the goals, especially if, you know, you're going to keep, uh, say, he has on the bench or not even on the team. So he, he needs to get the ball. He needs to be involved in, in the buildup and 
anything that you know hurts touches i believe to you know turns into gold he's a great player they need to give give him the ball and when when you're leading scorer is getting nine touches in, in the game over, you know, six, the 60 minutes that he played, there's something wrong because he should be getting the ball a lot more and it's, uh, and it's rough, you know, and that, yeah, I honestly, I would give him an A, but I, I feel like B plus is a solid one for him. It just goes back to exactly what I was saying, which is where on earth is the service, mm-hmm. right? He's got the quality in front of goal, get him the ball in good spots. Exactly. And it's what they're not doing right now. So that's why I'm forgiving that it's only five goals so far. Because if he's getting better service, I think it would be a much higher number. Right. Mm-hmm. Claudio Repetto. Speaking so, of service. Speaking of service, yeah. <laughs> a couple of goals early in the season. He's been a bit disappointing from there. It's not really been helped at all by the fact the team hasn't played to its strengths. And when they try and play to his strengths, they don't succeed because the crossing is, quite frankly, dire. Mm-hmm. The problem is that actually he's not doing quite as well in the air as well as he could. Uh, I'd be more forgiving if he was, but yeah. he's one under forty-five percent of balls in the of aerial duels that he's been involved with. So I don't feel like I can give him much more than a C plus there, really. Yeah, and that's why I went with the C as well because I, I think it's a little unfair for him just because, like you're saying, he's not getting the touches, he's not getting the service through the air. He, he was expected to play a certain way, but Rising can't play that way. So, well, how is it, you know, Repetto's fault? So, uh, I'll give, I'll be, I'll be a little lenient with him because of that. But yeah, I, I certainly hope that he picks it up in the second half of the season. All right, and the last one on here because obviously we're not going to touch on Lamin Jane. We've not seen anywhere near enough of him to give him a grade. Um, we didn't even know when these were first put together. That uh, these were made last week. Play. Yeah, so just yeah. a little heads up, but. Uh, last one, Marcus Epps. So I went with a D plus and look in some ways, Marcus's numbers are not that bad compared to the team as a whole. Mm-hmm. He's second in chances created behind only Aiden Quinn and Greg Hurst in assists. His crossing isn't quite as bad as some of the other players that we're talking about today, but the absolute numbers aren't great. Okay. And well, there's a there's a lot of frustration about how he's he's playing and his indecisiveness and and we've kind of mentioned that as well with, with Jane, right? That that's Rick mm-hmm. Rick saying about oh he's decisive and it feels almost like it's kind of a bite at Epps there, isn't it? But look, the reason I, I went with a D plus, I know you went with a D, but I'm not quite as harsh as you here because I guess I never really expected him to be Solo's replacement. Ooh, um, I never really expected him to be able to live up to that mantle because it's such a big mantle. Um, I, I, I don't know. Um, yeah, as far as, as far as Marcus, I, I think given the expectations, that's why the my grade is a little bit harsher. I honestly was really excited to see how he could follow up his performance against uh las vegas um with uh, the game at last saturday against orange county because i saw him be more decisive and actually create passes and actually be a, a little bit more of the marcus that we've seen in these highlight reels that we uh, from san antonio so it's uh, and from him, for him not to be able to play due to injury i was a little disappointed because i think it would have been a perfect game for him to be there uh and, and maybe create some chances so you know hopefully again like repetto you can pick it up in the second half yeah, so let's just have a quick look at some of the comments here, which is that uh, we've got Michael saying that um, he feels that Marcus was better than Santi this season. Yeah, I I can see an argument for that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but, but also then McVie saying X is his pick for worst flop. Um, we had a C for Claudio there from Fire Chance, a C for X from Michael. Uh, there's a few other things here. Side bet, will any player get an F? Thomas Rice says. Is no, I, don't think I, I don't think, just, just yeah, I'll be clear here. I don't think any player gets an F today. We didn't do that. Again, as the kind of disclaimer in the beginning, that would really require, I think, is to say, right, this guy is responsible for multiple losses and doesn't really have any redeeming characteristics this season. Um, and I don't think we quite thought any one individual was that bad so as to deserve it. It was a pretty bad team effort as a whole. So sure. should we move on to should we move on to the next lot, which is the midfielders? Let's do it. Right. So Aiden Quinn. Aiden Quinn. I was a little Aiden... harsh on that one. You made me you made me feel bad with your B plus. <laughs> yeah, so Aiden's an awkward case, right? Because visibly, you kind of watch him play and you go, oh, he's not playing with the same intensity he always has. You know, it's it's doesn't feel like he's quite the Aiden of, of the past year, perhaps. Mm-hmm. But when you actually look at the stats, he scored four goals. He's pretty much one of the few reasons that Rising saved any face on that last road trip. And he's also second in the entire league in chances created. And I know we had a comment in here saying you've got to be careful around the chances created. Obviously, not all chances are created equally. Mm-hmm. But he's second in the league, right? So the technical ability is still there, no matter what you think about anything else. He's clearly still got the ability there to, to spray it around when he needs to. And he is. It's just that... Yeah, I don't know. It's it's a bit of a mixed bag. No, yeah, for sure. I I think the clear example of what Quinn brings to the table is that first goal that Rising had. He gave a beautiful pass over to Darnell King, which set him up perfectly to get into the box and and ultimately get the goal for Rising. So, uh, we know Quinn is hurt. I you know we've we you've said that a couple of times, and and um, Rick has as well. So, is he playing at a hundred percent? I don't think so. Yeah, you know, and and it's it it's kind of hard to give him some rest because he's so needed. <laughs> and so I don't know if he'll ever get to hundred this season, but yeah, he's, he's indispensable. I think he's, you know, a key component to to the team. And, you know, like you're saying, uh, without him during that road, that last road trip, uh, we, rising would have been in a worse situation. So I think my B minus is a little harsh, but you know, I'd, I'd probably give him a B plus solid B. All right. Arturo Rodriguez. We've seen a bit of that indecisiveness this season that we were told in the off season he was trying to work past. Okay, we have seen that. Now, of course, he's injured now. Um, he's going to be out for a few more weeks. He's been out for a little while. Despite all that, he has created a fair share of chances while he was fit. Mm-hmm. And actually, in the two games prior to Hartford, where he uh, kind of, you know, really didn't look particularly well. He didn't last very long, sorry. Um, he made it about half hour into that game before he went off injured. He actually had assists in those two games prior. So I, I do have reason to believe that he was slowly starting to turn that ship around a bit. Um, but the problem there is, is of course, then he picks up the injury. And I do worry now when he comes back, is he going to be having taken two steps back when he'd taken that one step forward? Yeah, definitely for sure. I felt like Arturo had a, a little bit more to give before that injury. I feel like you're exactly how you're saying he was coming up and he was finding his rhythm. And unfortunately, you know, the the injury took over. But 
I'll say this about Arturo. It makes me appreciate him more. And this is no slight to, to Jose whatsoever. But when you have Arturo in the middle, uh, it just pro- it, I feel like it opens up the entire game for the forwards and it kind of connects the midfield and the forwards more uh, to play more fluidly. And and like again, again, no slight to Jose, but I feel without Arturo, it, it, they're having a tough time with that. And so I I, I think he's sorely needed in, in the lineup. So. Uh, C plus for me. Uh, I feel like he could have done a little bit more better, but yeah, definitely. I, I wouldn't be upset with the B either. All right. Luis Sejas, the old man of the midfield. He actually has looked a bit better in the tackle, I think, than I personally expected him to do this season. Mm-hmm. Um, and he did kickstart the team earlier in the year when, you know, they, they were struggling and they needed someone to be blasting those efforts from range. And he did that mm-hmm. and, and it worked for them. Uh, but in some of the midfield trios, he still hasn't quite clicked right. Um, and maybe that's harsh to blame him for the fact that he's been put alongside people where it doesn't work. But to me, that's still enough just about to, to knock him off from the A. Um, I feel like, again, good performances, but just kind of needs to be maybe that a little bit more consistent. Mm-hmm. And, and then you'd see him creep up into the A. I mean, if uh, he was being able to, if he was put on the 18, maybe he'd get a little bit more consistency. But yeah, I think I'd go with the they Didn't forget him. Didn't forget yeah. him out of the player pool. Yeah, be a good start. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd give him a B. He's he's definitely saved rising season uh, season a few times now, especially uh, with with that one of those uh, late late strikes that he had uh, earlier in the season. So uh, I wish we could see more of him on the field. So I feel sometimes like when he's playing, he he might get lost once in a while or. Uh, maybe he's not able to, to hang on as far as the entire 90 minutes anymore, given to his age. But uh, he's solid. He's he's he shows why he played in Europe and why he's had he has such a great reputation in South America. So I can't complain. And hopefully he, he continues to play a little, a little bit more. Right. This next one, I've changed my mind on. Um, uh, read the comments. Yeah, huh? Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> no, 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 no. But Carlos Anguiano, I've changed my mind. I'm going with a D plus for Carlos. Okay. He's rarely seen the pitch for any length of time, so maybe that's harsh. But everyone raves about his distribution. But you look at his passing accuracy, it's not remarkable by any stretch. And he's created very little in the way of chances, right? Mm-hmm. And he's also not a big physical presence in the midfield. He's won less than 40% of his duels. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I don't know. I, I was debating whether to go with a C- minus or the D+, plus because... The lack of playing time makes it harsh sometimes to to drop a guy that deep. And and the way that he's been put into the midfields as well, yeah. But I don't know. The passing's not there. The physicality's not there. And as a maybe as, as a result of that, the playing time's not there. Um, I don't know. It's no, I, I agree with you. Uh, creatively, I, I don't think he has what it takes to to have a starting position and and or to get any real substitute minutes because like you're saying physically he's one of the smallest guys on the field he's gonna get overrun um he from what i've seen and i could be wrong i want to do a little bit more research on this but his passing is always kind of side to side and not really moving the the ball forward and if there are turnovers in the midfield he's not his speed doesn't allow him to kind of catch up to other players so i feel he's just been given a a, you know a, a tough hand and not that he's done anything crazy wrong for, for him to be given a D or an F, but I just don't feel like he, he fits the scheme of things as far as the team or the league. So 
it's it's tough. I, I've liked him, especially in that Sacramento game. I think he came in and he played pretty decently, but you could just tell maybe physically or speed-wise, he, he just doesn't have what it takes. All right. Kev Lambert. So Kev's been messed around a little bit this season, you know? He's been played in different positions. He's struggled with injuries. He's been off on international duty, and it makes consistency hard. But at the same time, when he's in this squad, what we're seeing is someone who wins over 60% of his drills. He -hmm. wins over 75% of balls in the air. And when he was dropped into the back line, he did kind of bring a bit of a spark to that back line. So to me, he's had a pretty decent season overall. Um, We're just a little bit hamstrung by his absences at times. I'd personally give Kev a B plus. Mm -hmm. And... uh, I'm I'm intrigued what what you've got to say on this one, Ramon. No, I I agree, and uh, you know he's not playing. He didn't play his natural position at the start of the season just due to injuries to Musa and uh, and I believe Madrid as well. So yeah, you know he's 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 just the guy that is going to give it his all. He's a great player. It, it, that's the reason Jamaica calls him up for for uh, to represent the national team, and uh, he's just a great player. And so uh, I could definitely see the difference in the team whenever he's on the field than when he's not on it. And so without rising, I think, I'm sorry, without Lambert, I feel rising just, they would be in a worse spot. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. He's consistent. I'll give him that. And so hopefully, you know, he's able to keep that going. All right. And the last one on here, and this will be a pretty quick one, I'm sure. Eric Cose Donaciano. So we've not seen too much of him. Came mm-hmm. in on loan. I understand his role. I understand why he came in. All of that. Look, there have been flashes where he's kind of caught my interest, but I've yet to really see anything that even approaches a complete performance out of him, which is understandable, really, given the circumstances. Uh, he's not really played of any real note for the past year or so coming into Rising, but look, the team needs him to step up right now, and they, they need him to step up pretty quickly because yeah, right now things need to turn around. Yeah, no, and I give him a C. I haven't been really too impressed with with uh, anything that he's done. And we talked about it when he had signed. It's a little bit of everything, not really great at one thing. And so, and he kind of shows it on the field. Uh, he's stepping up though for in Arturo's absence, and you know, hopefully, he's able to you know get a goal or two. I think maybe that'll help his confidence a little bit as well. But I think the chemistry is not there yet, and you know, he's just not that difference maker that maybe we were hoping for him to be. So we'll see. Hopefully, he can turn it up. All right, Are we ready. Oh, hang on a minute. Scott wants Scott needs to pour a medicinal whiskey before we start on the defenders. Oh my god! So, uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I'm quite tempted. There's some four peaks in the fridge. I'm quite tempted to walk you around. Go get some. Um, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I let's, got my. Let, uh, let's let's kick on. Come on, let's kick on. Let's, let's get it. on with this. Let's move on to the defense. So, there's a lot of people on here. <laughs> this will be a long one, right? Ryan Flood. I'll try and bash through these pretty quickly. So you Ryan were pretty Flood. tough in the D. Yeah, go for it. I was, but right, Ryan Flood. He's in and out and in and out. It's complicated at left back, isn't it? Right. Mm-hmm. Positionally, he's a bit questionable. Possessionally, he's a bit questionable. His passing accuracy isn't great, but he can win the ball and yeah. he can create some chances as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, you just get into that point where it's like, is he really a fullback? Um, and this is going to be a theme as we go through these, by the way, which is that Rick Chance brings in wingers and tells them that they're fullbacks. Okay, so when we talk about people getting caught, we've always got to remember that. We've always got to remember the the playing style as a whole and what it does for people. I, yeah, yeah. but hey, I give Ryan a C. Again, we haven't necessarily seen enough of him this year 
doing much higher. And I feel there's a lot of other factors at play. For sure. Uh, moving on to Darnell King. I give him a C- minus after the last performance uh, against Orange County. I feel like he played okay. Uh, he had a you know pretty decent game against Orange County, so I'd kind of moving up to a C now. But I, there's expectations, and I'll kind of segue because of, of I'll kind of add to the expectations that we're at for Marcus Epson. I apply that to Darnell King because he's a captain. You know, people were expecting a little bit more out of him. He's shown what it takes to be. Uh, you know, the clear example of of him being the captain and that leadership was in that New Mexico game where he led all those you know the academy kids and you know even though they got beat he was there and he was you know showing why he was the captain so uh, on the field though i there's a little bit much to there's a little bit more to be desired so hopefully he's able to pick it up but yeah just uh i was expecting a little bit more from darnell king but uh i see you give him a c plus yeah i gave i gave him a c plus simply for the fact that look yes he's caught out of position a fair bit but Look, the system exposes him to that. What you mm-hmm. find is that he actually wins more than he loses in terms of all tackles, jewels, aerial jewels. And he's one of the few players that at least, relative to each other, seems to cross the ball with any degree of success in this team. If you actually <laughs> look, his, his crossing accuracy is 33%, okay? So, in that sense, yeah, I, I feel like we got to give him that. But, mm-hmm. all right, moving on. Channing Chasen. I couldn't give him anything other than a C because this guy has completed three passes in the league this season on three attempts. I thought those what stats else, were wrong. <laughs> what on earth else can we give him? He's yeah. barely played and now he's out injured. So, hey, mm-hmm. he gets a C, right? Yeah, Niall I Dunn. That's that. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Niall Dunn, we don't give him anything, okay? Because funnily enough, when you're out injured as long as he's been, and hopefully he's back soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, yeah. Now, this one's going to cause some controversy. Manuel Madrid. I went with a D+. Look at you. You went with a D. Look, he's really good in the air, okay? Mm. We've got to give him that. He is really good in the air. But he is slow. And I feel harsh giving him this one because it's Rick's system that's failing him. We Mm. knew who he was when he came in, and frankly, so should the team. And yet, here we are. Um, Yeah. Now, before we move on from Manuel, if you want to comment on it now, do so. But there's a comment I want to get to from the chat as well on this. Yeah, he's he's just been disappointed. Uh, I think given the injuries, uh, he should have stepped up a little bit more. And he gave away that key penalty uh, a few games ago. So that, that gave him that straight red. So you can't have that at all. So it's, yeah, it's tough. Uh, not, not quite a D plus. So I'll just give him a D. Yeah, I will say here, Scott Summers in the chat gave Manuel an F saying that he is arguably the worst signing in PRFC history. Too slow, not fitting the system, can't use him in a back three. Look, I I don't disagree that he's too slow. The problem is is that whose fault is it that he's too slow for this system when they brought him in? You know what the system is. Why does he haven't, like, (laughs) you're not shocked by how slow he is. We always knew he was. I I, I don't know. Anyway, James Musa, C-minus. Really struggling lately in terms of fitness, so I do feel a little bit harsher commenting too much. But look, he's had some lapses, and maybe he can't be treated quite as harshly as Manuel because he's a little bit quicker than Manu, and Mm -hmm. he's also had more injury problems to deal with this season. But hey, it's it's tough. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, Are we heading into Joe Farrell right now? Let's do it. Let's do it. I want to see what you have to say. Uh, I'm just going to, you know, kind of point to what Pat is saying here. Uh, I love Farrell, but this year is showing what he is. He's a good number three center back, but not a number one or number two on a championship caliber team. Yeah. And it's, 
I, I love Joe. Uh, you know, he's he's been a, a stalwart of, of rising and it's it's tough, man. Like, I don't think he's had the best season yet. I, I don't feel like and th- this applies to the entire team. Like he's not been put in a position to to kind of show his strengths and been, you know, what rising to play in the way they are is just not conducive to his play style. So, yeah, it's just tough for him. But I, I feel like he could have done a little bit more. Okay, so here's what I'll say. You have to bear in mind that he still leads the team in interceptions. Mm-hmm. He's second in blocks. He's stopping clearances. But I, I'll say, yeah, he's been indecisive at times in the transition. Uh, really indecisive. And you see that indecisiveness costing them. It does cost them at times. I, I'm not going to suggest that he's some guy like a Damian Lowe or that kind of level. But we know that Joe Farrell is better than what he has been this season. Yeah, And yeah. it's frustrating very mm-hmm. frustrating to not see him playing up to that level that we know that he's capable of. Right, yeah. moving on. Now, this is one where we disagreed a reasonable bit here on Babu Kajai. So, Ramon, you went positive. Let's go with positive first. So, uh, I'm giving him a B mostly because of his the uh, offensive attributes that he's been contributing. I feel like there's times where he just kind of takes the game over with a few runs and he's able to bypass a few defenders. Now, what happens after he gets by these defenders is another conversation, but I feel like he's able to kind of be a little bit more of a threat. Uh, defensively, there's sometimes, like with most of the, the rising defense, he's caught out of position. And again, we've talked about the fact that the system kind of uses him to be that person to move up and um, and maybe kind of forget about the defense for a little bit. But you, when you don't have the, the personnel to take care of the defense for you, it makes it tough to play that position. And, you know, I, I feel like it's been rough. But uh, I feel like he's been the one of the best defensive uh, people, mostly because of his offensive attributes. I'm still confused as to what we want his role to be. Is he overcommitting and being too aggressive up the field, leaving issues at the back? Or is he being wasted in a defensive role? As Rick even put it kind of himself by saying he's trying to ram a square peg into a round hole. That comment that he made before Loudon that was very clearly about Babu. Look, if his crossing was a bit better, maybe I'd have gotten him up to where you've gone. Mm -hmm. Uh, But I don't feel that I can. Look, it's a hard one. I I feel like He's been harmed quite badly by a lack of direction as mm. to what exactly it is that he's supposed to do. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, I, I didn't mind him in that Loudon game when he was playing up top. Like, he looked fine. Like, so maybe not. why not try him again? So we'll see. Well, I'm sure there's a reason for that, and it's that there's a lack of depth comparatively in the fullback positions. No, for sure. Uh, let's see. The next one over here is Siebert Haugli. Uh, uh, this one was tough for me. because yeah, I- people, people are not liking what we've gone with here. They want him to be rated much more harshly. I feel he's a lot better playing as a defensive midfielder. That was my take from seeing him play. I don't know how you feel. I know he prefers to play center back, but what do you think? I I can see the, the argument there. Look, it... The only reason to me here is that the expectations for Siva Haugli are low. Yeah. We didn't have any expectations for him, right? His his expectations aren't as big as his height. Let's put it that way. Um, (laughs) Yeah, for sure. But he's not good enough to be starting. Um, No, for sure. Look, I just feel as though, hey, it's we haven't seen a huge, huge amount of him. And it's just been eh. Yeah. Right, we're, we're kicking on. We've, we've wasted yeah, a lot of time on this. Let's keep going. Let's go with the goalkeepers. Let's go with the goalkeepers. All right, we'll do quick uh, goalkeepers. Well, so we have Lalo Delgado. See, uh, not not too much. Can't really complain too much about it. I feel like he put he could have played a lot better against New Mexico, but you know, given the circumstances, can't really fault him. 
Yeah, pretty much. That's yeah. <laughs> it was an awkward one. Uh, we've barely seen him. Not necessarily a huge shock. Uh, yeah, we can't really give him much difference to a C. Ben Lund, B plus, B plus. Is this the only one we agreed in? Uh, because yeah, I, I would have given yeah. him an A, but I just feel like no, none of the the players, at, at least at this point in the season, deserve an A. So without Lund, though, yeah. I think Rising just you know fall off. No, hundred percent. Literally won them points, especially against San Antonio. So uh, well, a lot of people, just just quickly, that's why a lot of mm-hmm. people were saying, for example, you have to play Lalo as a perfect example. Look. You, you can't put any real blame, I think, for a lot of these on Lund. Um, there have mm-hmm. been individual goals that maybe he shouldn't have conceded, but I don't think you can really put blame for results on Lund. And so, look, I know we want to see more rotation sometimes. We want to see guys who haven't been given a chance, given a chance, but it's tough to justify dropping Lund. Yeah, no, for sure. All right, let's move on. Finish up over here. The coach. Coach. Oh, okay, okay. Well, let me let me talk about my D plus, and you you know you'll get to your F. And I'm yeah, sure everybody will know why, but I just feel like it, Rick has been dealt a tough hand this season. Uh, injuries, players not playing up to potential, and I know he brings them in. I understand that argument, but I think the injuries hit the, hit the team pretty hard early in the season, and and now in uh, in May and June. So I feel like because of that, I can't give him an F because it's not. I don't feel like it's completely on him, but. It's uh, a D plus for me. All right, Owen, go ahead. Uh, okay. <laughs> Come on, Pat. Let's, let's talk about this one now. Right. He's bad. Um, It's been bad this season. And I don't look, people might think, yeah, we like talking about this kind of stuff. We don't like it's no. you have no idea how hard it is covering teams that are bad, but the F here effectively stands for, to, to borrow a phrase that Rick likes to use a lot, I'm going to oh. say that he he's coaching with fear right now. Mm. Uh, that's what we've seen these past few games. It's what we've seen when he's throwing stuff at the wall and just hoping that something's going to stick. Um, it's what we've seen when game after game you see, look, we can't blame people for the fact that it takes some time to adjust to a brand new formation that's been chucked on them at the last minute, and then you change it again the following week. Mm -hmm. Like, these things are all really complicated things. It takes players time. It takes players time to adjust to new systems. Yeah, And I feel as though the system itself right now isn't working with these players. Mm -hmm. That is something that was entirely foreseeable. I fear that there is an increasing negativity growing inside that locker room. Uh, I, whether you want to point to all the players or not, I, I, I'm sure there are players that still back him in there. But there are definitely some players who do not back him in there. We can yeah. see it on the field, and we hear it as well. Um, you know, we, we've got to be realistic here. I know that I've been hearing bits and pieces, Ramon. I know that you've been hearing bits and pieces. Yeah, it's. It's just not good. And look, at the end of the day, my fear and my serious fear here now is that Rick Shantz has had some good times at this club. And yet time and time again, what you see with football managers is they overstay their welcome when it becomes clear that Mm -hmm. time is kind of passed them by. My worry is, is that he's going to sour those memories by hanging on and hanging on. And that the ownership aren't going to really do anything and it's just going to sour those positive memories because instead what you're going to have is two or three months of people insisting that he leaves 
And so when they think back then about what Rick Chance did and what he achieved at this club, and he has achieved a fair amount Mm -hmm. at this club, but people are going to think of the bad times. And I don't think anyone wants to think of the bad times when you think of that, but yeah, I don't know. I, I just... Yeah, it's it's rough. I, yeah, yeah. And like you're saying, we we don't, we don't like to talk about this. We don't like to give out these grades, but it's just the reality of it. And you know, and and that's how and that's how it is sometimes. So, all right, Owen, thank you for your fair grades. I feel like they're pretty. I call them fair. You know, I don't know about the chat. I don't know. I'll take it. I'll take it. I'll take it. There we go. Uh, but yeah, we'll hopefully you know we'll we'll do some uh, end of the season grades as well. So hopefully these uh, go up considerably. By the time we do that again. Um, all right, Owen, uh, going a little bit long here. So I just want to talk about our friends at DraftKings uh, really quickly. There's actually some games you can bet on tomorrow on DraftKings for USL Championship. We got four games uh, on the schedule tomorrow. Uh, Pittsburgh versus Indy 11, Atlanta United 2 versus Birmingham Legion, Detroit City against Hartford, and then New Mexico against RGV Toro. So if you were to ask me, you know, if I'm on DraftKings right now, I put some money on the Pittsburgh Riverhounds over Indy 11. I feel Indy 11 is not playing really well right now. I don't know what happened these past three weeks, but kind of fallen off a little bit. So I put my money on that one. And also Detroit. Well, Indy, of course, did make a uh, move today, didn't they? They sent Noah Powder over to Tulsa mm-hmm. and brought themselves in a goalkeeper in his place. So We'll see. We'll see if that helps yeah, things. There's, there's moves being made there. But let's take a quick look. I grabbed the odds now. He's mm-hmm. talking about... Uh, DraftKings, let's have a look. What do I think will be a tell you what? I'm no, nah, I'm I'm struggling. I, I kind of want to take the favorites in each of these games. That's my problem right here. I don't think that Indy will get a result in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. I don't think it'll happen. Um, although maybe they will because Pittsburgh have struggled a bit lately as well. They played really well last game, I think. You know what? Let's go. I've got to go with something that's c- clearly got uh plus money there. So I'm gonna say the draw on that game. Pittsburgh okay. to draw with Indy 11 at plus 320. Ooh, look Let's at that, that one. What's, uh, what's Detroit looking like? Which game, sorry? Detroit? Uh, Detroit, yeah. Hartford at Detroit. Detroit area, the favorites at minus 115. Take that one. I would take it. I, I think they played really well against Las Vegas uh, a couple of days ago. So definitely make you some money. So if you guys want to make some bets along with, uh, with us... You guys can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code PHNX, make your first deposit, and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code PHNX only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. And make sure to see the show notes for all the details. All right, Owen. We went pretty long today with these grades. You know, We did. We did. I almost feel like now I need to go and crack open a a Four Peaks now, actually. Uh, (laughs) For sure, for sure. And uh, It's it's been a... It's been a long slog going through all of those. There's a lot of opinions shared. I'm sure some of them are welcome. Some of them are not. Mm-hmm, um, sure. And we appreciate all the comments. Yeah. Uh, you know, this, uh, you know, I know some of you guys, you guys were roasting us, but we appreciate you guys being here. And, you know, you guys have really great takes as well. So we always appreciate you putting in the, the work in the comments and always love to see you here every th- uh, Tuesday and Thursday. Well, Wednesday this week. So um, speaking of Four Peaks, if you guys um, are able to, there's going to be a, a PHNX Coyotes draft day live party at Four Peaks on 8th Street. So if you guys want to head over there and, and uh, hang out with the PHNX Coyotes crew, you guys can do it on July 7th at 4 p.m. at the Four Peaks 8th Street Pub. Uh, and you must be 21 years or older and make sure to enjoy responsibly. So if you guys want to check them out, you guys can head over there. Thursday, that one. So, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it'd be fun. All right, y'all. That is it for us. Any last thoughts, Owen? 
we'll see you again tomorrow, tomorrow. surprisingly quickly. Wednesday, yeah. wacky Wednesday. All right, y'all. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. Have a great rest of your evening. And until then, uh, until tomorrow, be well, stay safe.